Welcome to the Crack On Podcast, hosted by me, John Saunders. Crack On! Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of the Crack On Podcast. And this week, I had the great pleasure of interviewing Ross Thornton, who is a good friend from uh, Brighton. Uh, he is the back pain coach. So he's, yeah, he will... He does wondrous things with your back or anything to do with uh, fitness. Uh, that's how we've connected. He was, he's my fitness coach for the Ironman. Really, really top guy. Can't wait to share it. Hope you enjoy. Crack on. Afternoon, Ross. How you doing, mate? Afternoon, Sean. I'm all good. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Welcome to the Crack On podcast, mate. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a privilege to be here, actually. Yeah, yeah. Really chuffed you said yes, mate. Really chuffed to have you on as well. So uh, can't wait to get, uh, get, get into it. Let's go. Yeah, right, here we go then. So straight into it. Right, what does crack on mean to you, mate? So crack on means to me about making decisions fast and effectively. Um, I think we can get wrapped up in um, trying to figure out the logistics of every single decision. And we can be trapped in fear, which means we don't make decisions at all, which just holds us back. So. When I think of crack on, um, I think of, I like to use a metaphor of like being in a corridor where there's just doors in front of us. We might not know what's on the other side of the door, but if we live in fear, we remain stuck. We stay in this one section of the corridor where it's sometimes we just gotta barge the door down not knowing what's on the other side and then deal with that kind of after a decision's made and, uh, and then make another decision and then another decision. So that's when I think of crack on, and I've been listening to uh, the podcast and hearing other people's answers, and I've been thinking about this question on, on the build up to this podcast. That's, that's what I came up with. I think um, just making consistent decisions, knowing that look, a lot of them will not be the, the right ones at the time, but you can undo that by making another decision and another decision rather than being trapped in this fear uh, bubble where we never escape and we never move forwards. What do you think about that? Uh, I love that. And, I, and it really is quite um, pertinent, actually, because openly you are, you work with myself. I'm, uh, you know, you coach myself. Um, yep. We're going to go into the coaching business later on, but yep. something from today's session was very much about making that decision, standing by it, getting it done, finishing it. And, and, and that was, uh, well, without reading your question on the first one, I'm pretty glad it, it resonated with me with that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, great. So second one. So have you had, have you ever had an idol or people that, you know, people in your life or anyone in your life that specifically stands out as somebody who's like, you know, you really look up to or, or has had a big impact on your life so far? Um, God, I've had plenty. So I've had lots of mentors, um, whether that's in like the sporting field, in the business field, um, bosses that have helped move me up ranks. Um, but really, like part of my story and a real um, change in trajectory is, is is a mentor I had, well, a coach that I had back in college. Her name was Elaine, and she'd have no idea what impact um, that she's had on my life. But, um, but yeah, Coach Elaine, back here, back in my college days, just changed me. We had one we had one conversation, and. Um, and I was going through a tough time um, through injury myself, which helped me come into this industry. And, it, and with injury meant that my ambitions were low, my mindset was low, I had no drive, my, uh, my qualifications were dropping. Life was dipping. And, um, and it took a lane to drag me out of the pit, the trenches, where I felt like I just, you know, life wasn't going anywhere. And she, she really steered me back on course and I kind of instilled a new ambition and new direction in me, which, you know, I'm not in touch with Elaine anymore, but I'd love, I'd love to have a moment where to reconnect with her and just let her know. I was going to say, well, just I've, I've actually got a surprise for you, Ross. Just look behind you. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> But that would be a this is your life moment. I'd love that. I would have loved that if that was the case. <laughs> if you had that power, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Time. There's the next time. I'm going to make sure that happens. <laughs> well, it's up to me. You know, you've triggered something in me, actually. As soon as this podcast is finished, I'm going to, 
I'm going to see if I can find Elaine on, on LinkedIn and see if we can drop her a message and let her know. Yeah, but it's interesting. It's interesting how many people just have those impacts on, on your life as you go forward. Mm. You know, she must, yeah. have, must have picked you up from a, quite a dark space. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, it's what she was good at. She was she was a good listener. She um, ultimately she was a teacher, so she probably had thousands of students um, who would say they um, probably had impact from her as well. She probably just doesn't realise exactly how important that one conversation was to me. But also then how I go into my coaching, understanding how important just one conversation or just listening for a small pocket of time can actually change someone's life. Like something that I would never remember months later, but someone else could remember for the rest of their life. I, I have with that. Yeah, that, and, and, and I bet <clears throat> there's, there's people that you've affected like that. There's de definitely, I know I'm one of them where, you know, some things that, that one thing that you say has that lasting mm -hmm. impact on how you turn up every day. I know you're very passionate about that. And, the positivity that you got, that's what I love about you, is the positivity yeah. just sort of bounces from me, you know? So uh, I think it's amazing, but you've definitely had impact on people's lives in that way. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things about this is, is just the privilege to be able to change someone's life. Even with social media, social media gets a bad rap and, and there are some, some negative things over social media, but yeah. every now and then I'll have someone just drop me a, a message just to say, look, you know, one story or one post like they've never paid for my services but they'll be like but that just made me think and maybe do things differently and now I'm pain free and now I overcame that and now I went to that job that I wouldn't have thought I would have got and like those moments how powerful is that and I love that we live in this new age that we can influence um, without even understanding how much influence that we've got yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just that, that positivity. And so tell, let's go to the listeners. Let's give you listeners a bit of an overview of Ross then. So uh, go back as far as you want. Go back as far as uh, you can remember. But give us a bit of an yeah. overview of Ross and, and what, what he's doing. I know what you do. Tell, tell the audience. Yeah. So an overview of my story and how I've ended up here on a podcast with you, John, is, um, is like, it kind of starts back to my... Yeah, it kind of it kind of starts back to my college days. So, seventeen year old, bang average at everything, you know, like a C grade student, you know, just getting by. But love sport, never going really anywhere as far. Well. I was never good enough to to make it to top level. But sport was still my life. It was my social circle. It was my evenings. It was it was what I cared about the most. And I picked up an injury in a football match where um, I tore my groin um, and the, the battling centre half that I was, that was my identity then. I refused to go off, tore my other groin. So I tore oh. two, both my groins in one match. And, um, yeah, so um, and I go back to that match and that game changed everything because um, I was hobbling about for a few months and... Yeah, and the, gro the groin's healed, but what came of that was, was a back injury that was much harder to recover from. And it actually started a two-year cycle of thousands of pounds spent on chiropractic work, physio work, seeing doctors. Um, I even paid a therapist to like stick magnets on my back to change my negative blood to positive blood. I was desperate. And, ah. but my back pain had me out of sport, which meant I lost my social circle, which meant I lost my identity, which meant my grade suffered. Um, I lost my job because I was so- How old were you then, 16, 17? Yes, 17, yeah, 16, 17. Right. And I lost my job because I was so high on painkillers that I couldn't get up in the mornings. and. It, it just really, really had a huge impact at a time where I was meant to be starting like my my life into adulthood, and um, and this back injury just had had me in bed. I was told if I was a racehorse, they would have put me down by now by my doctor. Oh. I was told I'd never run again, play sports again. I just felt like I lost everything yeah. in that moment, and um, and then I had this conversation with Elaine, uh, Coach Elaine, who kind of just took me back and. I was in the trenches and I was fighting and I was fighting and I was desperate and I was battling away. She just allowed me to take a step out of the trenches and see things from a, a bird's eye point of view and just to calm everything down. Yeah. And it just made me 
reassess things. And that was the day I decided that um, I wasn't going to do it the normal way. I was going to stop paying chiropractors and physios and all these promises that they'd given me and that they would be able to fix me. And I signed up to university, something that I had no plan of ever doing. And I was like, right, well, I can't afford chiropractors and massage as much as I need to. So I'm going to go to university to learn how to fix myself. I'll go into 30 grand's worth of debt. Um, but, and with no view of ever helping anyone else, like it was only to help me, but it was a loan that I could spend money and I'd be in an environment where I could help myself. And, um, and that was a big, that was a game changer for me. Um, and then looking back, went to university, um, to learn how to be, um, an injury specialist, a sports therapist. Yeah. And, um, and gradually my back got better, um, new environment, new field and just found my calling, my passion, my my love, my purpose for being here. And, and that, no you you're interesting me, you talked about what I got from that was investing in yourself. Mm. You know, you went back and you invested in yourself. I mean, I, I take it, we've had many a conversation about this regarding how important that is. And that mm. sounds like as though it's been fundamental, fundamental changes to your life on that level. Yeah, huge. And, and no one wants to look back and like remember the dark days. There were days I was in bed, I couldn't get out of bed for weeks at a time. There were, there were days where I just wanted to give up. But looking back, they were the most important days that I've been through because one, it led me up this journey to, to help other people with back pain. Yeah. Um, but also it's allowed me now to connect like a lot of the guys that I work with have, have been told by people who have never suffered before, like advice here, advice there, going down. But now I can really sit back, listen, and connect with these men at a deeper level than than anyone else can. Who've been there, I've suffered. I I know the darkness, the pit, the pain that they've been through, and then I can be like, look, just come come follow this journey. It's not going to be perfect. I can't save you, but I can guide you. And, and that, that, that's a powerful thing. So although they were the darkest days of my life, um, God, God knows where I'd be. Because like I say, I was bang average at everything. I'd no real, everyone asking like, what do you want to do when you're older when I was at college? I'm like, no idea. <laughs> so it led me to this point and, and I couldn't be more thankful for those dark, horrible days, which is a powerful thing to be able to say now. Yeah, it is. And, and, and if you're happy to maybe venture a bit more into that, because I, I think everyone, everyone goes through those dark days and those dark, mm. dark times. What sort of advice would you give any listeners that, that are listening to sort of, you know, they, they, you know, especially with the pandemic and everything that's going on at the moment, even more so now we need more, you know, ways of getting ourselves out of that. Any advice for people on how, did, how, you know, how, you, how you dealt with it? Yeah, so, I mean, well, how I... How I dealt with it and how other people will deal with it would be two different things. You see, I, I'd never had, um, I never had a coach that that would guide me. So one thing, investing in yourself, a coach that someone's done it before can can save you years of time. I'm not saying you have to go sign up for university to and get into like tons of student debt to be able to solve your problems. Like, like I wouldn't advise anyone go that route. However, like asking for help and being guided by a coach i think is invaluable especially it well in, a, in any industry that you're in having someone that's been there and done that and can guide you can can save you on the one commodity that we never get back and that's time so like sure you can learn to do it yourself like how i how i did but you know if if i could have crammed those 10 years of learning into three months like I'd pay any price for that. The interesting question at the end I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you now, actually. The mm. Would you have listened? I think that there's a big, like, I, I'm a firm believer you've got, to, you, you've got to fail. Fail to understand. And you've also got to fail to learn the most lessons you can learn. The bit mm. is, that I, I totally buy what you said then about having that mentor and that person with you. And I agree, you've got to have someone with you on the journey. I totally agree with that. But there is a part that, you know, you wouldn't probably have been where you are now without those dark times and learning the hard way. Where'd you sit on that? So I sit on that, that like failure is a blessing. I love that. I love that. That's going to be my massive quote from this. 
Yeah. Talk me through it. What do you mean? So what I mean by like failing is a blessing is like, like if you're failing and you're doing the, if you're repeating the same failures over and over again, that's a problem. However, if you're failing and you've got a growth mindset with things, like you're learning just a different approach that didn't work. And, and this is what I love about rehab and business and how they're so closely linked is in rehab, it is all trial and error. There's science and there's systems which can say this is the best practice and like these are the timelines. But every human being is different and everyone heals differently. And there's so many contributing factors as to like why things don't work and why things other work. That you have to go in with an understanding that what we're doing, there's a high likelihood that we're going to fail. Right. But if we can quickly crack on, and we're going to use that corridor method again, fail, yeah. reflect, review, plan again, and then not make that same mistake again, but fail again, fail again, fail again. All we're doing is we're learning new ways that haven't worked, which is brilliant. Instead of having all these separate pathways that you could go down and being governed by fear and stand like, God, I don't know the way, like tick them off, let's go. Like, let's, let's find out what, what doesn't work, move that aside, go find something that will possibly work again and just learn from these things. If, if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Fantastic, I think that's fantastic advice. And also, because you, you will see that day in there from all your clients you work with, they're all different, I would have thought, and they're all yeah. different scales of why they come to you. But the fundamental yeah. is that they've got to be able to, again, I'm not, I mean, not putting words in your mouth, but they've got to accept that things aren't gonna work every time. Exactly, and, and the moment we have that shift in identity where we actually, celebrate failure which is a, a crazy concept like if we celebrate failure we're and i, I genuinely i'm high-fiving clients when we fail because yes we found our limit now we know we take a little bit off there we add a little bit here and then we can move forward like failing has taught us something today like and, and the same could be said in business is like, look, you're going to take risks. If you don't, you're never going to move forwards. And and failing, like, okay, you just don't make that same mistake again. Yeah, that you reach your moment. That you know that bit when that client, you know, what what what? Tell me if what the journey's like when that when you do get that eureka. Is it different for every client? Is it different for every person? But also, what is that eureka moment? You know, you must think you must come off a call sometimes and go, yes, we are getting somewhere now. Is there a certain yeah. You know, is yeah. there a certain part of their journey within your coaching? There that is. Happens? There is, because we're so ingrained injury-wise that we're like just meat and bones covered in skin. And we, we blame injury and pain on like, let's say back pain, like slip discs and like, you know, degenerative disc disease, all these scary terms that we're told. The big eureka moment for almost all of my clients is, that hardly any of that matters. In 99% of people, right. that doesn't matter. And once we can move away from that model of thinking and we understand that actually like, look, what's more important is your lifestyle habits. Like how much sleep are you getting? Like how good your nutrition? Are you moving every single day? All the stuff we know is good for us. Then instead of them thinking of, of these scary, kind of closed door models where you've got a slip disc, that means you've got back pain forever. Yeah. Instead of that, and there you rate the moment that, look, what I do to you, massage therapist-wise, doesn't matter a single iota. Right. You're in control. Yeah. And if you can change your diary to have a decent morning routine that sets you up for the day, that has a decent exercise plan that helps you progressively overload so you get stronger and stronger and stronger over time, like you're in control of this. And when people have that eureka moment where they understand that I can't save them, a chiropractor can't save them, not even surgery can save them, but they can save themselves. That's a big, big, big um, shift in identity there. I love that. And then just a question on uh, not specific clients, but are there specific, what traits of the specific clients that get it and work really well with you, what traits have they got that, 
stand out? Are there any sort of traits that they have? The ones that really work with you, invested in you, understand it and get the best results. Have they got any specific traits that, that stand out? Um, they do. It's actually part of our training as well. So I know that I can't help everyone. Like I hold my hands up. I'm not, I, I know who I work well with and, 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 and I'm looking for a certain type of person. A certain type of person is exactly these kind of traits that you're talking about. So um, I've got four rules or four R's that I like everyone under um, my guidance to follow. The first one is, is to be like real. And we have to tell the truth all the time. Yeah. Okay. So it's really easy to cover up. We see often telling the truth of our failings as, as weaknesses. But we've got to get over that ego and understand what the real facts are. What are the facts around surrounding the situation right now? Like, have you been following the program? Have you been um, like doing everything that you said you were going to do? Um, what is, what's going on? And I, all I need is the truth. I don't like there's excuses there's reasons like let's cut all that aside like what are the facts right now and that's yeah. all i need to know from people that i work with yeah so i need people that are willing to tell the truth um also people that fit in well with me are they're raw about so this is the second hour raw you've got to be raw with the emotions that come with those truths we're not robots we can't like just back away from like all of these emotions and feelings that we get in life and I think a lot of people are suppressing their emotions and their feelings and right. with back pain recovery that makes you more tense it makes you store all that energy which inevitably leads to more back pain more injury so I'm all about like we've got to be raw with the emotions that we're feeling right now if you're angry like, tell me you're angry if you're upset tell me you're upset we, we need to understand that these emotions are okay and then make a decision on are these emotions serving you to get to the goals that you want to get to so it's about being raw with the emotions right now and then understanding like is that emotion actually going to achieve the goals that you want yeah Make sense? yeah yeah no yeah. it does yeah it does cool and then the third R, resilience that's all i need in everything and this comes back to the embracing pain embracing failure like leaning into pushing out of your comfort zones yeah. we're staying out of comfort zones we're not moving and unfortunately if you're not moving you're not just staying still you're actually moving backwards but everyone else is overtaking you so we've got to understand and the person that can embrace pain the most is the one that gets the best results and it's a crazy crazy mindset to take on but the person with the most resilience the person that could be knocked down and then get back up and be like, okay, like that's an obstacle. I need to be better to be able to overcome those obstacles um, and then work with me as a coach to be able to overcome those obstacles together because we're a team. I, that's my kind of man, okay? That's the person I want to work with, right? Oh. And then the final R um, is to be results-focused. Everything comes down to results. We set goals, long-term goals, short-term goals, benchmark them. Every decision that you make, We've got to understand, is it real, raw, resilient, and does it work towards the results that we want? Simple as that. And those, and those people that really get that, I mean, like I said, being quite honest and open, the bit that I'm not really getting at the moment, and I'm, I, am, I'm, I am going to get on board, I 100% will, is the results, because I've never been results-driven, as in, right, mm. that's what I'm going to get, and that's where I need to be. And actually, it's funny and interesting you say that one last because that's the one I, I believe in my own life I'm, I'm missing and lacking. Um, yep. But actually, I understand how important it is. Yeah, that's it. And, that's, and this isn't just results in, in the singular. This isn't just like, I want to be like this weight or I want to finish this event or I want to be pain-free. But actually, like, we've got to understand that the results have to all come as a collective. So you can't fail on your morals and values to hit a result goal. Like we're not going to like tread over people to make sure you get results. Because that's going to be an empty, empty feeling, an empty result. And so it's about living by our morals and values and achieving. Um, so like, did you achieve your result? Is it yes or no? But did you sacrifice too much family time to be able to achieve that result? Did you sacrifice your morals and values? Is your mindset taking a dip to hit that result? And if any of those 
come into it um, in order to achieve those results. We've got to reflect and be like, was it worth it? Yeah. No, no, no. Totally agree, mate. Totally agree. So going back then, I love them as well. They're, they're gems. Going back then, you finished university. So where did the the journey, uh, you know, the strawberry, the strawberry vibes, all that, how did all that business side of it come out of you? Where did that all come from? Yeah, so um, where did I come from? So um, I picked up a job um, just working at a gym, health club assistant, lowest of the low. You know, I'm cleaning squash courts, I'm cleaning spin bikes. So I'm someone with a degree, <laughs> but I'm on minimum wage. And I just knew steps in the ladder to, to get where I wanted. They had a therapy room. So Did I was using that. So I don't interrupt you, mate. Did you always know there was something bigger? To get, did you always feel like as though there was something bigger out there for you? Ross was meant to be doing something bigger than that. Yes, ab like absolutely. So this was my my longer, bigger picture. So I took a minimum minimum wage paid job because I I knew there was a therapy room at this gym that that was going free that that I could utilize and bring people in and do my injury rehab from there right. um, on top of what I was doing. Now it took a bit of a turn because one day. My boss had enough of the area manager and literally flipped the visa and I'm out of here. I'm not coming back. And then there I was, 22 year old, and I and like we're all looking at each other. That's about kind of uh, five or six of us health uh, health club assistants. Again, all youngsters, like yeah. no experience, no nothing. Looking at each other like, oh, what do we do now? Yeah, so I called the director up of the company. I was like, look, I'll step in. I'll sit in the seat. I'll do, like, I'll fill the gap. I'll do what I can until you hire someone in. Um, it turned out that I um, and my team, so I'm not taking all the credit, but we broke all the sales records that month. That yeah. was just blagging them. We had the highest retention percentages that the gym had had for years that month. And uh, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting quite comfortable in this thing. Yeah, so yeah, it kind yeah. of led me into, yeah, so it led me into a gym management role that I was completely unqualified to do. I was too young to do. I look back now and I think, right, how the hell did I get through that? But that was cracking on and that was understanding opportunity and that was so taking that kind of thing now after a year that company got bought out and um and and it just kind of led that um i went and started my own place so i started my own strawberry vibes which kind of worked on helping people with injuries get fit that was my that was my niche that was my market yeah um yeah and so i spent eight years doing that helping thousands of people in the local area um, lose weight whilst recovering from injury. So that, that, was, that was my thing there. Yeah, lessons learned there. Because like that eight years of your life is, is a big section of your life. Lessons learned on that and on, on that sort of side of it? Yeah, so lessons learned is, um, I think the film is filled, filled of dreams. Is that the baseball film? I think there's, yeah, there's yeah, a line yeah. in there. Like, if you build it, they will come. Yes. And, um, and how wrong that is so my <laughs> i went in thinking look i'm on the high street train station up the road people walk past they will come yeah and uh, with no marketing background no nothing um and um a loan to pay off and again learning on the job like being in the deep end we all learn through the hardships right and um so yeah learning the marketing side of things on the job Spending money I shouldn't have spent, um, profit margins being appalling, but understanding then, okay, what do I need to do to get out of this? Um, but the biggest lesson of that is, and again, another, like, when I look back, like, you learn from the darkest, darkest moments. So I built, I built that company up to, so I was pretty much non-existent. And so yeah. this is my, my first business. I'm taking a real step back. I'm a 25, 26 year old lad, um, living the retired life. I was playing golf every day. I, my team just killing it, doing well. Profit margins were good enough that I could yeah. um, enjoy myself and not, not have to work. However, little did I know that my staff member at the time who I was helping build his business on the side, took my niche, took my clients, about 60% of my clients and took them over to his new gym. Right. So I was stuck in that moment, 
like stabbed in the back, like resentful, angry, all of these horrible emotions. But ultimately, that could have governed what direction that I was going to go in at that point. But um, what that did was, and I allowed myself to be angry for a time, but at some point, and this is a real turning point in, in my life as well, um, I had to take a step back and be like, look, what's happened's happened. Um, I forgive that person. I don't forget, but I forgive that person. I've got to now focus on my business and make this even better. And then transforms the business even to even better than it was before when when I was on the golf course all the time. So more clients, more, more income, more profit margins. There must have been a moment there where that you must have, you know, it sounds like like what you know we speak about quite often is about the accountability. Mm. At one stage, or was there a moment at that point you literally turned around and thought, this is all my fault? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was a stage where I started learning about like ownership and it's, it'd be easy to blame, blame him for what he did. But, you know, even reflecting now, we all make decisions, not so much out of spite, but often out of fear. And I, and I truly believe that, um, that that staff member was starting his own business and out of fear, he saw a quick win taking some of my clients and, and I wasn't there. I wasn't supportive. I was a rubbish manager. I, I was never around. I was never training him. I was never helping him. And, yeah. You know, ultimately, I relied on him and paid him to, to do the job. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> so everything is my fault. And I, and I still live by that. And, yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean we're going to be best friends tomorrow. But what it does mean is actually that helped me grow as, as a leader and as a coach. And everything that happens in my life comes down to decisions that I made. I made the decision to step away and play golf every day. I made a decision that I wasn't going to increase his wages year on year. I made a decision that um, I wasn't gonna be around at times. And, and ultimately I felt the punishment of those decisions. And, um, and will I do that again? No, I will not. And thank God I went through all of that hell to, to be able to learn that painful lesson. Yeah, yeah. Because you spoke earlier on about, you know, making a mistake. We all make mistakes. We all are going to mm. fail things. But do it twice in the same way. And actually, that's more of a criminal act than anything else, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and this is where, and something like more recently in my life, I wish I had this going back because God would have saved so much time. Having a process in place where we, like, every single week just stop and reflect and ask ourselves good questions, like, who am I, where am I, where do I want to go, like, very simple questions, but doing that regularly, taking ourselves off the battlefield and asking ourselves very simple but profound questions that can help direct you better rather than like maybe previously I've allowed myself to let the currents drift me wherever it was going and then I finally see how far off course I am. I really truly believe in, in journaling and reflecting weekly to be able to steer, steer the ship into the direction that you want to go rather than letting the currents kind of drift you and having to go through all of these like painful problems, like maybe solving them higher up before it gets to that painful pit that but you have to learn a lesson. I feel like journaling and asking yourself good questions is a, is, a, is a much easier and simpler way to be able to direct you before you're in those painful bits. Yeah, it's interesting because this morning well, I, I've met, a, I've met a, an old friend of mine and I, 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 you know, I'm not going to mention names for obvious reasons in a second what I'm going to say. But he, he woke up one morning um, and he's, you know, he quite openly said he was 25 stone you know, he couldn't get a suit on that fitted him, you know, a year previous to that. Mm. And, um, and he said to me, you know, that day was the day I decided to lose and shred the, the, the pounds I needed. To, to mm. But I, I asked him a question. I, I sort of said, how, did, how do you think that happened? And he just said, you know what, John, it was just one meal at a time. It was one extra beer at a time. And before I knew it, I was eight stone over the, the weight I was. And you were talking, in, in, in essence, I mean, he's done a remarkable job. He's ended up taking about seven stone off, right? He looks Fantastic. And his headset is unbelievable. And I think he's turned the corner so much. But we all need those times in our life, Ross, don't we? That, that you know, I, you've never, in my opinion, you've never gone too far. You can always pull back and, and, mm -hmm. and, 
and pull and, and change your life as long as it's that one day at a time, isn't it? Yeah, and that's that's what I love about like fit, most fitness stories, and they so coincide with life stories. Is we don't need to like knock over mountains every single day. Like we're no. just step by step, like make the first step. That's the same in fitness. Like you may well have seven stones to lose, but like if you focused on the seven stone, you'd never get started. It's too overwhelming. But if you just focus on that first pound, okay? And what I tell my, my back pain clients, if you just focus on improving that first movement, if, if bending over and tying your shoelace hurts, let's focus on that first movement. Let's get that out of the way and then we progress on to the next thing. Then we progress on to the next thing. And it's the same with life, isn't it? Any, any problem that you're in, uh, what decision can you make right now to improve? where you're at and it might be a small it might be bringing someone it might be even just going out for a walk and reflecting but that one decision leads into the next decision and then that snowball effect and that momentum is is how you get out of these painful pits i i love that and i also i've got it's a really good point to bring in the person that's brought us together and he's a he's an ex sort of uh, crack on podcaster so a legend in his own right rob star um who, you know, is a mutual, very good friend of both of ours. And he, and one thing he said on his old podcast, and it goes down for me, I always share it with anyone that really wants to move on with their life. I asked him a question. And the question was, how do you go from not swimming to swimming the channel, right? <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, and it's, a, you know, it's a question that for me is always, I've been very lucky in my life. I've always been a good swimmer, right? My mum and dad made sure I was a swimmer. But to even think about jumping in that sea and swimming 26 miles, even to me would be like, I, I get quite excited by it because I'm that sort of person. But I asked him and he said to me, do you know what, John? The, the hardest one, or, you know, I know you listened to it as well. The hardest time was that first step into the water. Everyone mm -hmm. after that was easy. It was so much easier than the first step. Not easy to the point of being easy, but actually you've got to step in that water for the first time. Mm -hmm. That really hit home for me, Ross, you know, on that level. That's it, because like, he, <laughs> Rob Stasford, I urge anyone else to listen to his, that podcast of yours and uh, when, when Rob was on, because he is testament of setting a big, audacious, what do they call it, a big, fat, hairy goal. And he, <laughs> he's, not, he's not thinking, he's not thinking about every step to get to that. He sets the goal and he thinks of the first step, get in the water. It's, it's a metaphor to all of us, but it was actually real for him to just get in the water and then uh, stride by stride, get better. He, and he, yeah, he's testament to, to cracking on and not thinking about problems three months down the line. Like, you're not ready for those problems yet. Like, just solve the one in front of you. Yeah. Like, no, let's no, let's no, just no, look. And, and then that'll lead into the next one. And as you solve these problems, you're growing and building enough that then you can solve those big problems months down the line. But if you start thinking about the whole thing, uh, we just get overwhelmed and it can Double. get us trapped into our into that fear cycle where we just don't move. We bury our heads in the sand. We sweep things under the carpet. We just don't feel like we can deal with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you wake up one day and you're eight stone overweight. You know, it, Absolutely. You know, our brains are brilliant at putting the blinkers on until it's too late. Maybe you've got these practices in place that actually allow you to get real, raw, resilient and results focused. We don't have to go like so far off course that then we have to come back into things. Like, You're going to drag it back. So the, so, the, in water and go. so right, the back pain coach, tell me all about it. Tell me how it, I, I understand what it is and how you, yep. you know, what it's all about. Tell me how it started all that time ago and, and you know, talk me, talk us, talk the viewers through or the listeners yep. exactly what it is. Yeah, so my, my number one purpose in life is to take us away from this passive approach of overcoming back pain, where we lie on a treatment couch, chucking money at chiropractors to realign us and click us back into place. And we're, we're just a passive part of the process. I'm taking people out of that model, which has been proven time and time again by science that it does not work. And if it does, it's probably just time, and you yeah. probably would have healed in that time anyway as to why maybe chiropractic work. 
through. Right. And then adding this active approach to things. So when I look back at my time overcoming back pain, I thought, and I believe, this is the science that got that I paid 30,000 pound to, to, <laughs> to learn as well. And it's all, all been out, outdated now. But when I was at university, I thought it was the free massages that I was getting from other students. I thought it was all the rehab programming I was doing um, that was helping me overcome my back pain. But now that we know pain science has shifted and we're learning more about how our bodies deal with pain and, and why we may end up with, with back pain, I look back and actually the secret for me was actually taking myself out of an environment, my home environment, where all I knew was back pain. Like my bedroom, just like I spent so many days in that environment. Um, where I was being told by doctors, you'll never run again, like you'll never play sports again, again. I mean, if you were a racehorse, they would have put you down by now. All these things that I was told that we now know actually contributes to back pain. So if we believe we're broken, your subconscious and your nervous system is designed to protect you, you're more likely to suffer with pain. Yeah. What going to university did, it allowed me to wipe the slate clean, make new friends, kind of fake it until I made it kind of thing, like putting a smile on and like desperately not wanting to be alone at university. So I go out and meet new people, new friends. That psychological shift is why I overcame back pain. Right. And unfortunately, if we rely on chiropractors and physios and, and people manipulating us and massaging us and trying to change our physical body, which we now know doesn't actually work. Yeah. We, we, um, like, we get stuck in this reliance and we rely on people. And, and that's a good business model for a chiropractor is when you become reliant on them. And I'm here to debunk all those myths, take people out of that and say it is on you and you only in an active approach to upgrade your lifestyle habits. We need to get more sleep so we're recovering. We need to eat good nutritious food full of protein so our bodies are recovering from our movement we need to move throughout the day we need to get our ten thousand steps in we need to train we need to lift heavy weights we need to get cardiovascular in we need to be doing all of that so our bodies are then prepared for what we're going to put them through and this is what i'm teaching my clients there's a psychological shift we have to make in order to hit your lifestyle habits every single day can grow and not only is that going to help your back pain but god it's going to improve your life as well that's a decent byproduct isn't it yeah yeah mate i love that i love that hey can you sign me up please can i become a client oh i already am so that's fine <laughs> you're already in got me so on that, on that one on that one so we're going to come to the final three questions mate i've, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this you know listening talking uh, and having a good good uh, good talk to it just give us a um, Anyone who wants to reach out to you, contact you, wants to get involved, got a bit of a bad back, but also, I mean, when I, what I can, what I've got from you so far, yes, I haven't got necessarily the back pain bomb, but mind over matter, an organisation, and getting myself and reflecting on myself in a mirror. How does someone get in touch with Ross? So the best way to get in touch with me is is probably via Instagram. Um, so I'm uh, back coach. Drop me a DM. We'll jump on a 15-minute phone call just to see because, like, I don't know whether I can help you. So it's just a little triage call. Let's see whether we're a good match, good fit, and then we can make decisions on whether or not I'm the best person for you. And if I don't think that I am, I'll certainly put you in touch with people that I think are a better touch. A yeah, better fit for you. Okay, then. So you're into the ready money round. You're in the last three questions. So last one. So. Three non-negotiables to enter in the Ross's life. What three non-negotiables are there in order to do that? The non-negotiables are you do not contact me to save you. I cannot do the work for you. I can guide you. I can give you the route up Mount Everest. I can hold your bags on the way up. But unfortunately, you're going to have to put one foot in front of the other to get to the top of that mountain. And if you're not willing to do that, look, there's thousands of other people that will give you a rehab program and and uh, and help you. But in order to enter my world, you're going to have to take the the bull by the horns, and uh, and I'm going to be asking a lot of you. So 
if you're here to dabble and try, I'm probably not your man, but if you're here to really change your life, and I mean it and commit 100%, I'm your man. Cracking. Another one? So um, the next one, in order to um, be with me, is if you've had back pain for simply six weeks, my advice to you is time is the best healer for that. So you don't need to be paying anyone in the first month, six weeks to help you with your back pain. You just need to move. You need to get your steps up. You need to understand that back pain happens as similar to like a headache. And look, when you get a headache, you don't think you've got brain damage. You kind of think maybe I've been a bit stressed. Maybe I need to drink a little bit more water, take it a bit easy. Back pain's more than likely going to be that. Don't pay anyone in the first six weeks if you've got back pain. If it has been ongoing for longer than that, then we have to look a little bit deeper into things and then you can start entering my world. So what about, what, about the, what about values, though? What sort of values is someone going to have in order to, to work with Ross? Or what is a really important sort of value that someone's going to have? So a value is, um, is a get up and go um, and, and an understanding that if you put yourself first and you prioritise your body and your health, you can give more. We live in a world where, certainly as parents, we give and we give and we give and we can often lose ourselves because we're, we're too busy focusing on helping everyone else. But again, I like the metaphor that when um, you're doing the safety checks on a plane, they always say, like, put your oxygen mask on first before helping others. Yeah. And I often find that um, the people that don't succeed with me are the ones that are too busy people pleasing, helping others, putting everyone in front of them. And they think it's selfish to take time for themselves. When actually, if we take those times for ourselves and we trust the system and we prioritize ourselves as number one, we can then give more and we give a better product to our, our spouses, our kids, our friends, our families, our works, all because you chose to schedule in time for yourself. Love that. Right then. Okay. Biggest life lesson so far then, bud. What, what is the biggest life lesson you've had so far? The biggest life lesson so far is to uh, is going back to the, that um, that business where um, I had all that sixty percent of my clients taken off me in one day. That's sixty percent of my income gone, and that's because I took the eye off the ball. You know, I thought I'd made it. I got cocky. I got arrogant. I, <laughs> I, I and um, so that was the biggest lesson. So that now allows me to look. We don't have to be in the business all the time. However, if you support the people around you, if you help the people around you and put everyone around you and their, their needs, okay? So, and you're actually, how would I explain? Like their needs are as important as, as my needs. They're gonna look after you in the long run. And, um, and I think that's the biggest life lesson I've learned. Keep your eye on the ball, help the people around you, help your teams progress, whether that's with you or without you. Love that, love that. I think we've uh, lost the camera a bit. Maybe, can you still hear me? Cool. Cool, so one last question then, mate. Uh, if you got a chance to go back and speak to a 17-year-old Ross, what advice would you give him? Uh, and then the last bit, would he listen? So a 17-year-old me, well, as, as you've heard my story before, like 17 was when Tough time. I thought my life was over. Yeah. Like I, I thought my life was over. Everything that I loved had been taken away from me. And like if I could look back now and, uh, and talk to me at 17, I would let him know that if you take action now, relentlessly, and just keep pushing, this will be over faster. I'm not saying it's not going to be painful. I'm not saying that you're not going to have dark days, but it, it will be faster and the dark days will be fewer and further between if you just get up out of bed and do something about it. 
stop the pity party, do something about it. Love it, mate. I harsh you, words. That would be harsh words, wouldn't it? It would be harsh words, <laughs> but I tell you what, you know, that's what, you know, the question is, would he, would he listen? Would he have listened to you? Would he have listened to me? To be perfectly honest with you, John, that 17-year-old back then probably wouldn't have. He was governed by fear. He was petrified of making mistakes. He was at such a dark, low moment that someone saying just get up and go and do it, he probably wouldn't have listened. Like 17-year-old back then needed needed the pain it needed to be slow unfortunately and I wouldn't change anything back then um, so maybe like if I would change that narrative just a little chat at the end and be like look if you don't do it today just know life's worth living this will end like you will overcome this problem and it'll actually lead you up a path that gives you real purpose so like like ride the storm ride the storm i love it mate i love it i'll tell you what total crack on attitude total crack on person i'm so chuffed you've been on mate and uh thank you very much for for your honesty and uh thank you it's been a pleasure oh it's been a privilege to be able to tell my story to to your listeners and i like if i've, if I've helped one person out there it's worth every every single minute yeah, yeah, mate. You will have definitely helped me every day. So uh, I, I thank you ever so much for it. And so, yeah, mate, have a great night and uh, crack on. Crack on to yourself, John. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, Ross. <laughs> See you later. Cheers, mate. There we go. Ross Thornton, positive to the very core. Always upbeat, always. And, and just done some wonderful things. A very good friend of ours, mutual friend who put us together, Rob Starr, who is a crack on podcaster put us together and ever since then we've just really got on we've clicked really well we're very like like to like people that have just connected his story is is is, is, a, is a great story um he's been there done it the highs and lows of business gone on his own really working hard uh, on his own to make it work a lovely family around him and just a really great story for anyone starting a business or opening a business, it's not easy. Uh, and it is about graft and, and every day turning up. That's the important thing that Ross was talking about, turning up every day. I loved it. I really hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, on to the next episode, on to 11. Uh, and hope, uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed the, the series so far. Have a great day. Crack on. Crack on.